Hey y'all, I'm Elisa. I'm Samantha. And welcome to Watch for Deer. What's up? Hey guys. What's up? Hey, hey, hey. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hopefully this week goes by pretty quick. What do you have sitting there beside of you, Lisa? What book um, is that? I got a new book and I'm so excited. It I'm bo- such a dork. Are it you, bothers are me. Are you ready? It's called The Encyclopedia of Serial Killers. What? It's research. Why would you want to even read that? It's research. It's how I get all of my good stuff. Did you you purchase that book? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> You're on a list now of people to watch. Hey, FBI. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> holler at your girl. Not really. No. Not really. No. Not holler at your girl. I'm just doing research. I'm not a serial killer. Sure. 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 You sure. know what a serial killer would say? I'm not a serial killer. I'm not a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Remember, I'm not smart enough to be a serial killer. Oh, hush, you're smart. Do you remember, smart. you know, the, the, what is it? The, uh, I don't know. What is it? Well, I take it back now. Maybe you're not maybe, smart maybe, enough to be no, a serial killer. Your, your IQ. That's the word. Oh. IQ. Mm-hmm. Remember we did the one case and his IQ was like 118. Yeah. And they're like, usually serial killers are extremely intelligent. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, anywho. Are you, what's your IQ? Do you know? Not a clue. I Probably like five. Oh, no. She's <laughs> no. like, no, no, no. No, no. No, no. So I have a funny story to tell you. Okay. I know when you walked in, you were, you were <laughs> laughing and you were excited about this story. I was already laughing. It was so funny. Okay, go ahead. So Saturday, I had to go and have a CAT scan with contrast then. Mm-hmm. So it's just a follow-up, you know, I had some lung nodules, da-da-da-da-da, everything's great, come back great. But I'm laying in the CT machine, and she's putting the IV in my arm, or getting ready to put the IV in my arm. And I'm laying there, and I have long sleeves on. Clearly, I didn't think this through, but I thought it would be cold. So she's like, oh, hey, can you pull your sleeve up so I can put the IV in you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm laying there looking up, and I throw my arm up, and I grab my sleeve, and I go to pull it down. And I hit myself in the mouth. <laughs> I bust my lip, okay? My lip is bleeding. And she was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. As I'm licking the blood off of my lip. I know it's purple. Like, it's I, purple I and it's got like a... <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so, again, IQ of five. <laughs> so. It's more than five, but maybe not much more than that. But anywho, in the mouth. Oh but yeah, Lord. I did. I punched myself in the mouth, and it bled, and it's still really sore. Have and you got your Christmas shopping done? I'm about half done. I still don't have my tree up. Why? Because we are doing a remodeling project. We're redoing Zoe's room, like putting drywall up. And my house is a disaster right but now. But you don't have your tree up? My tree is not up. Ooh, Lisa, no. you got to get that up. I told the kids this year, like, we're not doing a tree. I am just going to wrap all the presents. I'm going to line them up underneath our tv and i'm gonna turn on a really nice christmas screensaver not cool you're done elisa not (laughs) cool you have to put a tree up i mean i'm playing on it just i don't know you have to i don't know when. even if it's the day before christmas eve it it may very well be christmas eve (laughs) you still have to put a tree up it may be christmas eve no wonder pickle is so sad at school that's what it is so depressed he just looked real down today and i'm like are you okay are you okay and he's like yeah i'm fine i didn't know that you were being a terrible mother (laughs) he's like my mom's a scrooge okay (laughs) he didn't didn't tell me that or i would have i would have called you right then my mom's the grinch 
So, anywho, no, no tree up. I'm scrooging it. Anywho. I'm disappointed in you. So, do you have any idea what I could be bringing you today? At this point, I have no idea what you could be bringing me any day, even if we're not doing the podcast. I probably should have warned you to take a Claritin or some Benadryl for some hives. Maybe a little, maybe a little tummy medicine. Oh, good. No, it's really not that bad. I hate when I got the hives on that one episode. That you did. I don't think you'll get the hives on this one. However, this is a really heavy case. It's really tragic. It's um, it's it's mind blowing. So, is it really really tragic? It's it's pretty tragic. It's pretty tragic. Okay. Like there's people no potentially still alive today suffering from good grief case. So, all right. Okay. Good. This is good. Let's dive right in. Today, I want to talk about the ideal maternity home. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. The ideal maternity home was located in Nova Scotia, in Canada, and operated from 1928 until 1947. The home was operated by Lila and William Young. Now, let's get to know our owners. Lila Gladys Cullen was the daughter of devout 70-day Adventist parents Henry Cullen and Bessie Bultier, born at Fox Point, Nova Scotia, October 23rd of 1899. Now, William Peach Young was born William Christopher Young and Mary Peach on January 11th. He was born to William Christopher and Mary Peach. Sorry, I think I said that weird. Mm-hmm. Um, on January 11th of 1898 in Oregon in the United States. Now, William had seven brothers and sisters. At the age of 26, Lila met and married William Peach Young. William moved to New Brunswick where he aspired to the role of an Adventist medical missionary without ordination or medical training. Soon after their marriage... With Lila expecting the first of, they would eventually have five children. The Youngs moved to Chicago, where William was licensed as a chiropractor in December of 1927. So, pretty, pretty normal, Mm -hmm. right? He was born in the U.S., she was born in Canada, they meet, they fall in love, they move back to Chicago and settle down. Well, two months after he gets licensed, they move back to Nova Scotia. And they decide to open the Life and Health Sanitarium of East Chester, which is 40 miles southwest of Halifax. Anytime I hear the word sanitarium, I think of Waverly Hills. That was such a good trip. When we, when we did that haunting. That, that was so fun. Yeah. So when you said that, I just got like a cold feeling because mm-hmm. the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. That was fun. Walking down the death chute. It was not. The death tunnel. Was so fun. Such a good time. Want to talk about that one day, but go we ahead. We do need to talk about that one. We need to go back one day. Mm-hmm. We need to do an overnight stay one day and do a podcast live. Mm-mm. That'd be so fun. Over, mm-mm. yes, mm-mm. Let's not overnight. Do it. Come on, mm-mm. chicken. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's like yes, yes I am. Now Lila entered service as a professional midwife, and their establishment was soon rechristened the Ideal Maternity Home and Sanitarium with William acting as the superintendent and Lila as managing director. Okay. All right. Together, they created a place where young married couples and even unwed mothers were able to give birth without creating a fuss. 
The Youngs were very discreet and became the baby barons of East Chester, as they called them in their community. As World War II took its toll on the region, resources were limited, the ports often closed, and young men left behind many unmarried mothers or even widows. This meant more business for the youngs, and the home was expanded. It became one of the only places to serve the area and was remodeled to include 54 bedrooms that held around 100 babies in the nursery at any given time. Mm. That is insane. That's a big place. That's a big place. Now, clients flocked to the home in response to a newspaper advertisement that read, Ideal Maternity Home, Mother's Refuge, also Department for Girls, no publicity. So this was really... um, this was really intriguing for, for ladies who got out, they got themselves pregnant, they were not wed, or, you know, they're, you know, they were out on their own, their spouse died. So this was really, you know, intriguing. They're like, oh, this, this is where I want to go. This is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Brochures for the home promised to shield expectant mothers from gossip, but every service had its price. The Youngs touted their establishment with various services, such as birthing for couples. They also had a lovely package deal for unwed mothers that gave them room and board and meals and even offered up adoption services. The ideal maternity home was expensive. Most of these unwed mothers were only making around $8 an hour, and the fees were $500. That's $7,600 in today's money. This issue forced many of these women utilizing the home into a sort of servitude to pay for Lila's services. Now, one would think this wouldn't be too bad of a deal, right? You Mm -hmm. come here, you get your room, you're bored, you kind of work, kind of pay off your debt. What year? What year is this? Excuse me. This is... In the 1920s. Okay. And they sent, like, I know, I I mean, watch movies and stuff, but back then, if you had a baby and you were uh, not married, they would sometimes send you away to take care of a sick relative. Yes. But it wasn't to take care of a sick relative. It would be before you started showing. Yeah, they'd send you off in a heartbeat. Yeah, and then you would come back without a baby because your parents would make you put it up for adoption. Yep. And, yeah, and then you would just go on and... Live look like you would live your life but yeah so this is probably what that is this is this is very similar also, only it does have a twist you said that these girls were making eight dollars an hour that that's what i read and i seems literally like a lot. it's a lot back then that seems like a lot that, of money when i read it i was like eight bucks an hour i was like gosh i remember when i first like started my first job mm-hmm. my very first big girl job in mm-hmm. the bank mm-hmm. i think i made like seven dollars an hour yeah i don't think maybe i don't that, think that's accurate okay maybe eight dollars in today's time maybe eight dollars a day it could be eight dollars a day maybe that eight seems dollars more a day. logical that seems more logical i mean eight dollars an hour back <laughs> then my eight dollars an hour cash under the table now yeah. i mean that's you know, because minimum wage is what? Is it nine or is it eight seventy five or nine? It's about eight. It's about eight yeah. dollars. So eight. I'd say it's probably I'd I'm say, say eight dollars right. a day. Eight a day. That's when I read that too. I was like, dang, what are they doing for eight dollars a day? 
Because back then, that would have been a lot of money. You can tell that we don't make very much money either. We're like, oh my God, $8 an oh my hour gosh, the table. Oh my gosh, $8 Give me $8 an hour <laughs> under, under the table. buy the craft cheese tonight. <laughs> oh. All right, go on. So, Lila dished out terrible living conditions and lies and deception. And sometimes using forceful and aggressive treatment towards these young women. Along with the theft of their infants. Mm -hmm. Yes, you heard me correctly. Theft of their babies. Now, of course, sometimes the most unfortunate would happen and the baby would pass away during childbirth, which... You know, it wasn't uncommon back then. You know, malnutrition, you know, you got to think that you've got these moms coming. They have nowhere to go. Well, they don't They're have not the medical, getting the correct Right, they don't care. have the medicine and stuff and the equipment that right. we have now. So, if the baby did pass, the Youngs <clears throat> would handle that too. The mother was charged $20 for a funeral that was performed by the handyman at a standing rate of 50 cents per corpse. This service included white pine butter boxes in which were used as coffins for these precious infants. Mm -hmm. Hence the term, these were called the butter box babies. Okay. That's what today's episode is, the butter box babies. All right. Have you heard of them? No. Okay, not at all. Still nothing, not ringing no, them out. nothing. Okay, nothing. I love it when I bring you something you've I'm, not heard of. It I mean, me I'm happy. just listening like everybody else is. Okay. Yeah. The women also had to pay for their diapers for these newborns at $12 a piece. Now, $12 a piece for a diaper? For a diaper. Now, back then, you do have to realize that they use cloth diapers here. So, you're paying $12 for this cloth diaper to reuse. However, $12 a piece, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. That's like $188 in today's cash. I bet. For a diaper. How did they even afford that? Exactly. Well, well, actually, you know what? Exactly. These these girls, their their families are rich. You think? At twelve dollars a diaper. Yeah. Yes, they are rich, and they're sending them up there. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They're sending these girls away because they have shamed the family. Shame the name. And yeah, these girls. I bet. Oh, definitely. I've already got the first, debunked. No, <laughs> she's like debunked. <laughs> debunked. Debunked. I don't know what I word debunking, but it's debunked. It's, I bet their last name's Rockefeller and, yeah, Rockefeller and uh, Kennedy. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably. All right, go ahead. If the mother could not pay the burial fee, the baby. No. What? No. What? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I swear to you. No. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Just back up. We're it's not just doing it. Just, normal. No, it's, it's not. It's so normal. It's not normal. This back is a up normal it. word for me. No, it's not. From Southern West Virginia, and it's called bury. I do Burial. I do not care. <gasps> back okay. up and do it again. <laughs> if the mother could not pay the burial fee, the baby was to be discarded by being burned, or the baby was given to fishermen to throw into the sea. Oh, my God. If mothers could not afford to care for their babies... They could pay the youngs $300, which is about $4,600 today, and that ensured a lifetime of care. Those babies would then be placed up for adoption. Now, women who gave birth elsewhere would also bring their kids to the home to give up for adoption. The babies were given to neighbors to care for until they were adopted. For all the money paid to Lila Young and her husband by their pregnant clients, the Youngs made their greatest 
profit from adoptive parents, charging an average of $800 to $1,000 per infant in the 30s, which escalated to an average of $5,000 per head during World War II. In the 1940s, the ideal maternity earned $60,000 a year just from its living clients, which included a special $50 fee from any mother who specified adoptive parents of a particular religion. Now, on the flip side, Lila and William banked at least $3.5 million from the adoption or the sale of infants between 1937 and 1947. Wow. Think of that. That's back then. I didn't do the calculation what that would be now. That's back then. $3.5 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Now, from the outside, it appeared to the community that this was a wonderful place with loving providers there to help women when, in fact, the youngs were in it for the money. Lila would pass herself off as an obstetric specialist, and she would deliver these babies. It was said that she was very rough with these mothers. Meanwhile, William would be in the room and would pray every time a baby was born. Some clients saw a more ruthless side of the youngs, complaining of Lila's rough, even brutal at times, handling. She was physically immense, one client recalled. She had an overwhelming presence and a great sense of power. She could strike terror into people. No one dared challenge her. In short, the ideal maternity home became a virtual baby factory, hosting scores of unwed mothers averaging age 17. That was the average age of these moms back then, 17 years old. In the spring of 1935, Eva Neforth of Nova Scotia was in love with a man named Walter. Oh, I love that name. (laughs) My donkey's name is Walter. And we love Walter. Yeah, oh, Walt. Oh, Walter's the best. Oh, Walt. If you walk outside and go, hey, Walt, he's like, he he tells you hey back. (laughs) I love me some Walter. Eva found out she was pregnant and they had keep it, uh, excuse me, and they had to keep it a secret as being pregnant out of wedlock was frowned upon in Canada at the time. Unmarried and alone, she had heard about the ideal maternity home in East Chester and decided to have her baby there. She arrived at the maternity home just before Christmas and the owners of the home, Lila and William Young, took her in. Eva has only been there about a week before she contracted an abdominal infection and was bedridden until the end of January when she finally went into labor. The labor was rough, and Eva barely made it out alive. Unfortunately, her baby passed away shortly after birth. Or, I'm sorry, her baby passed shortly after birth, and a day later after the birth, Eva was still fighting for her life. William had written Walter, Eva's boyfriend, to inform him on the situation. Walter went to visit Eva at the maternity home and was surprised to find out that Eva had not been given any antibiotics (coughs) to help her with her infection due to the fact that the maternity home did not have any available. Walter insisted William call a doctor to come out and have a look at her. William was offended by what Walter said and said that he was a doctor and it was unnecessary to involve a third party. Lila Young took a worried Walter to the side and informed him about his baby's death 
and then handed him an invoice of $25, which $20 of that was for the buri- burial. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just so got teacher eyed like big time. <laughs> I am so proud of you. Go on. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I just got teacher eyed. I seen I seen the teach come out you right there. Back up just a little bit so we don't throw it off because we oh, I'll back maybe up. we have ADHD here. But the other day <laughs> Scott was listening to it, the last one, mm-hmm. and when I was like, no, no, and he was like, she's doing that on purpose, right? And I'm like, she's honest to God, no, really, not I'm doing not. that on purpose. No, I'm really not. She's not doing that on Mm-mm. purpose. The woman cannot speak correctly. <laughs> <laughs> It literally is my natural English. This is this is my. I just I just see the word, and I've always said bury or burial. So it just it's just natural. So what I'm going to do is once you just and it's not you know me yelling at you anymore, and you say it normally and go do on. Do I get a cookie? No. Do I get a treat? Then I'm going to pick another word that you say wrong, and I'm going to just hone in on that. But I'm waiting. Where's the positive reinforcement though? You don't get that. There should be something. You don't a get glass that. of wine, However, a cookie. It's working because you correct your that you I corrected did. yourself halfway through that word. You stopped. I did. And I I'm did. proud of you. High five. High five. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now go ahead. Now I'm gonna start back at at the beginning of the sentence, just so our listeners aren't confused about, you know, the sentence. So Lala Young took a worried Walter to the side to inform him about his baby's death and then handed him an invoice of $25, in which $20 was for the burial of their baby. Once Walter paid, he was asked to leave as visiting hours were now over. Was his wife still there? or his Was it his wife? It was his wife. Yeah, she's just super, super sick. Within two days, Eva passed away. Oh. Unfortunately, Eva was not the first or the only person to die at the ideal maternity home. Now, some of these babies that were being born in this home were not really marketable. Mm -hmm. They were starved to death by way of molasses and water. Sugar water. Babies that were unmarketable were ones that were sick. They had birthmarks. They had abnormalities. Mm -mm. Or Mm -mm. were abnormalities. That's better. I thought I said it right. You did. Well, not the first time, but go ahead. Or were of mixed race. Mm Mm-hmm. The babies kept were healthy Caucasian babies as they were more favorable. They could sell them. It can take up two week, up to two weeks to starve to death. 14 mm. days. That's two weeks. That's 336 hours. Did they of let them? Suffering. Start, like, yes. Why? They let them starve to death. I Where don't was know the mom? Oh, my God. Nope. These were kids that were up for adoption. You know, the moms had them. They left them, and if they... Oh, the moms left. The moms left. Okay. So, these were the kids that were unmarketable. They had them. It, all these people, they were paying. They were paying for these kids to be adopted. Mm-hmm. But if the youngs just looked at this baby and was like, I don't really think you're marketable. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a birthmark or you have a mole, then they would starve this child to death. Oh, my God. Because they couldn't get top dollar from these babies. Isn't that awful? Yeah, I about knocked my microphone over. Here come the hives. Now, uh, 336 hours of suffering before being either left for three to five days in a shed under a box before being driven out to Fox Point to be unceremoniously and unscriptious. Mm-hmm. I'm just cutting that word. 
Don't cut it out. Let people know. <sighs> Let people know that. You English, say that word. I can't even see the word. Here, you say that word. <clears throat> and scripture. No. I can't even say it. My tongue no. is so done. <laughs> Go ahead. You say it. It's hard. It's scruple. Scruple. Now say it. Unscrupulously. Sure. <laughs> you can't say it either. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Unscrupulously. It's a hard Why word. Why would you put a word in there like that? <laughs> I don't even know what it means. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anywho. Um... Anyways, they they would they would leave this they would ch- they would starve these kids to death. They would once they passed away, they would pile these children in the shed, and then they would drive them out to Fox Point to be buried in a butter box from the local dairy. Awful. I don't I don't even I don't even know what to say about that. Awful. <clears throat> All because they weren't marketable. I don't know what to say. Listen, I guarantee you if a child had a birthmark or was of a mixed race or had an abnormality, there's somebody out that would take that baby. There's somebody that would take care of that child. I don't, I really, I don't even know what to say. Isn't that awful? One woman by the name of Violet arrived at the maternity home and viewed her stay as odd. Her delivery was rough and her baby was born breech. Breech deliveries are dangerous but both mother and baby were alive. Violet would feed her baby, and Lila would then take the baby back for care. A few days later, Lila brought the baby back to Violet, but did not let Violet get close to the baby, as Lila said the baby was ill and it was not looking too good for the baby. Violet saw that as odd as she had been feeding the baby, and the baby appeared to be perfectly healthy. Soon after, Lila said the baby had not made it. Violet was in disbelief and heard rumors that a wealthy family had come to the home to, the, to adopt a baby girl, but Violet knew her daughter was the only girl who was just delivered there. With no evidence, there was nothing she could do, so she left with no baby. I figured whenever you said at the very beginning of this, I figured that's where we were going is is that they were going to start telling the moms that the baby had died. Stolen babies. Yeah, and then yep. they were going to do that. And I've seen before, like on TV and stuff, that that still happened. That, I mean, it's not like it's rampant, but that's not unheard of still. Right. Well, too, there's um, there's a movie, I think, on Netflix called The Butterbox Babies. There is? There is. And that's why they call them the Butterbox Babies, because they buried them in the butter box from the local dairy. Who would want to watch that, though? Like, I mean, why would... I mean, I guess somebody that wants to watch the Dahmer series, you know, and just... I feel like it's just human nature I to be intrigued. Handle, I could handle the Dahmer series right, better than babies. I could handle this. Right. Yep. And I could not handle the Dahmer series, and I definitely couldn't handle this. Continue. Between 1928 and 1935, Lila reported 148 births and 12 infant deaths at the home. That's a mortality rate of 8.1% that nearly tripled Nova Scotia's 3.1 average. So that tells you most of those children, they didn't die. They were adopted out. If, if their facility, their death rate was higher than, than the, the entire Providence, there's a problem. Yeah. Well, there, yeah. Where are you a- at, Nova Scotia? Why are you not looking into this? Now, in 1933, Dr. Frank came into the office 
for Nova Scotian had heard rumors and suspicious theories of baby's deaths at the maternity home. He ordered sporadic investigations and made the Youngs hire a registered nurse. Now, this nurse was supposed to see what went on behind closed doors, but because it was only just her, she wasn't at the maternity home 24-7, so she only saw a very small portion. You mean of how she only saw a very small portion? What I say? She only saw a very small, small portion. She only saw a small portion do of you, how the home. Do you drink at work? Like, <laughs> don't sniff my coffee. <laughs> Are you are you on the juice? It's been a long day. Are you on the juice, Elisa? It's been a long day. This this right here is not water. It's not water. It's a bottle of vodka. It's a bottle of vodka and a Dasani water. <laughs> so eventually, the maternity home was ran back to normal. Now, in 1936, the Youngs were charged with manslaughter of Eva and her baby a year after their death. A pathologist testified that they performed a post-mortem exam on Eva and her baby and discovered that Eva had died because she had actually contracted an infection from the use of unsterilized obstetric instruments. Mm. Now, trigger warning. Oh, God. (laughs) Here we go. Trigger warning. When you say this this. is just about an autopsy. However, it is about an autopsy of a baby. Okay. So if if you're a little sensitive, you guys can skip forward a little bit. Samantha cannot. She has to sit here and listen. The baby had died because the forceps Lila used to pull the baby out ripped the occipital bone through which the spinal cord passes. Now, the Youngs denied all of this, and they were so convincing that they were actually acquitted from any charge. So, they pulled this child's head so hard that it, like, popped the spinal cord. Have you not seen here, and this is well, recently. I know, of abortion? No. Oh. No, no, no. This is recently. This woman, and I don't, I don't know her name. I don't know what state it was in, but it did happen, and it was recent. And I, You could Google it. I'm not. And it's still like an ongoing investigation and all this stuff. So I don't want to talk about it at all. Or even if it wasn't, I wouldn't want to talk about it. She went to the hospital and they used forceps and they pulled on her baby so hard, they pulled the baby's head off. I think I did see something about that. Yes, at the hospital, they pulled the baby's head off. Off Elisa. Off its shoulders. I don't understand how this happens. It's modern day. I, you don't like, have I don't, to. You don't have to be a good doctor or a good person to be smart enough to get these degrees, and that's in any field that you do. Yeah, you can be smart and be awful and mean yep. and evil, and still get these degrees and get in these positions, and and do all this damage. But yes. yes, that happened recently, within like the last year. That reminds me of a podcast I listened to, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was called Dr. Death. And thank God I didn't listen to it before I had my spinal surgery. It was on, and you may have heard of it, Dr. Death. It was on um, Christopher Dunch. He mm-hmm. was a spinal surgeon. Mm-hmm. And I may have to cover that case if you've not heard of me. No. It's, I may have to cover that. Okay. But I'd say some, I'd say some other listeners have probably heard of that one. So yeah, that, that, that has happened recently. Oh my gosh. That's awful. Okay, go ahead. It's so awful. Awful, awful, awful. 
After this, the Youngs were in the public eye's interest, and routine inspections were conducted with no prior notification. So at this point, after this happened, investigators would just pop in. No, you know, hey, we're coming by. They just pop in. The Youngs were prohibited from promoting their adoption services, but that did not stop them. The business continued to grow for the Youngs, and they had expanded their home. People who could not legally adopt would go to the maternity home to adopt illegally. When the family to adopt would arrive, there would be a lineup of babies that would fit their criteria. The Youngs would charge the families to adopt anywhere between $1,000 to $10,000 per child. In 1945, pediatricians who had inspected the home testified to its striking overcrowding, its fly-filled nurseries, and the malnourished children. The mothers called as defense witnesses also revealed wrongdoing. One told how her baby died after receiving no medical attention and was buried in a butterbox. The same mother also said the youngs told her to pose as a nurse during health department inspection. Another witness admitted to lying on adoption records when she and her which said that she and her child were Jewish. Lila tried to fight back and said she was being harassed by the officials, but it was too late as their good reputation had ended. That November, the Youngs were ordered to shut down the home and their licenses were revoked. They did not stop and continued to take women in. The Youngs would have charges against them, but they would eventually be let off easy. Eventually, they got tired of fighting back to save the maternity home, and they closed it down. The couple became broke after spending their funds on court and lawyer fees. The home, which they had sold, was scheduled for conversion into a resort hotel, but burned to the ground September 23rd of 1962. They both eventually died of cancer Lila in 1967. Now, handyman Glenn Shatford would later admit burying between 100 to 125 babies in a field that was owned by Lila's parents near Fox Point, adjoining the Ad- Adventist Cemetery. He said, We buried. Mm. You said it right. We buried them in rows, he said, so it was easy to see how many they were. In a typical case, recalled by Shatford from April 1938, an unnamed infant lay in the Young's tool shed for five days covered by a box before it was driven to Fox Point for burial. To date, some of the children given through adoption have been able to reconnect with their biological families. I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised they even kept any records to where those kids could go back and find their actual parents. You would think they would have burnt everything. I would have thought so. Everything. So that was really, that was a heavy one. That was, it makes me angry that they they just got off. They never paid for these crimes. Like they never got in trouble. Never. Neither one of them ever went to jail. Nothing. Well, they'll get judged. Well, they'll justice. they will. They'll they'll burn. But they went back and forth to court numerous times. But they always got out of it. Now there is a website called Survivors of the Ideal Maternity Home where its members are still looking for their birth families. So many people have been struggling for years and years trying to locate biological parents, and of course, a lot of them are elderly now or even deceased. 
So if you think you know someone who has a past linked to the ideal maternity home, go check that site out. Go check for your family. You might find your family. <laughs> well, so. that but things like that happen, like the child trafficking and stuff <clears throat> and everything. It's it is that's ter- it's terrifying. It me. is terrifying. It's te- it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. But and, that's crazy. But that ha- I mean that happens that happens today still too. Yeah. Luckily, we've got people out there that that they fought it, but still, yeah, that's it's crazy. very scary. And you and I see on the news too sometimes, like, <clears throat> and uh, people on Facebook, and they're like, "I was being followed through Walmart." I mean, that happens All right the here. Time. I was being yes. followed through Walmart. Um, I went to get somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell putting I tell, stuff on your vehicles, try mm-hmm. to get you get back out of the car to remove it. There's so many tactics, so many employees that these people use. They're just evil, vile people. Yeah. So, guys, always watch your surroundings. Be aware. Don't walk to your car looking at your phone. It can wait. Be aware of your surroundings. And if you feel like someone's watching you or you get a funky vibe, like God put that instinct in us for a reason. Mm-hmm. Use your gut instinct and have somebody escort you. So what? So so it's not nothing. At least you arrive home safe. Right. And if somebody comes up to you and they're like, I need help, tell them to call the police Sorry. and get in your car. Yeah, yeah. Because we can't help anybody nowadays because, you know, we do this podcast and all we hear is murder, murder, murder. So murder, we're murder, scared murder. of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, you've got me afraid of everything. <laughs> we're scared of everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got me scared of every everything. Everything. Well, that was, that was, uh, I mean, it was, it was heavy, but it wasn't. It was it was heavy, but yeah, I didn't give you hives. I I didn't get hives. I mean, it, like I said, it was it was it was something, but it was something. It was interesting, but guys, don't forget we also still have stickers, decals, five dollars, no. seven dollars to ship. Speaking of stickers, <clears throat> I go in to my classroom this morning and I've got my package of stickers there in my little envelope that you yeah. know that you gave me in case anybody wants them to sell. And I look at all my papers. That were on my desk. I wasn't at school Friday. I was at Math Field Day. Right. So all the papers that were on my desk are now laid out on the counter behind me because my classroom is an old computer lab. So there's no computers in there, but all the all the counters. Yeah, you've got a lot of counter space. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> are still there. And I don't know. There's 75 papers laid out with brown coffee stains all over them. And, you know, it's dried and it's all crumpled up and because... The kids were apparently in my room and spilled coffee. And so they've laid all my papers out, which oh. the papers aren't that big of a deal because it was just blank papers. Yeah. All my important stuff's in a file. Right. Locked up. But all my blank papers, and I looked, and they got my stickers too. Not oh. all of them, but like four of them. So you need you need more stickers? No, I still have some. Okay. Like it didn't get all the way through them, but the yeah. envelope, and it got like four stickers. And I was like, on you middle school kids. <laughs> and I don't know who it was. You know what I would have done if I... It, for punishment, what if we find out who you are, <laughs> we will slap that coffee stain sticker to your backpack, and you will be free advertisement for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know who it was, and I'm sure none of them's going to admit that they were sitting at my desk and yeah. spilt my spilt my coffee, which I, a little bit of it's my fault. I shouldn't have had a full cup of coffee there for two days, but yeah, it is what it is. Get a little moldy, little little penicillin, mm, maybe, maybe. All right, you guys, let us know what you thought about this episode. Email us at watchfordearpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at watchfordearpodcast. 
Go like and follow our Facebook page at Watch for Dear Podcast. Y'all, thanks for listening. And do not forget to hit that follow button. And if you feel so inclined, we would greatly appreciate you going to your favorite hosting platform, wherever you listen, whether that's Amazon, iHeart, I don't care. Go give us a review. Those help bump our standing. So give us a review. Unless it's like a really crappy review and then just don't. Why would they give us a crappy review? I know. We're awesome. So if you don't like us, you suck. But y'all be safe. And watch watch for deer. deer.